diff spores and more is brought to you by clorox healthcare trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs visit us on the web at cloroxhealthcare.com Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer. CloroxHealthcare.com forward slash C. Diff Radio. It's a great pleasure today to welcome our guests, Elizabeth A. Myers and Wendy K. Benson. Elizabeth K. A. Myers, BSNRN, is a nurse and the founder of 2 by 2 Health, a private health concierge, and Wendy K. Benson, MBA, OCT slash L. Wendy's an occupational therapist and a healthcare executive. Elizabeth and Wendy join us today. And at this time, I'd like to welcome them both to the program. Welcome, Wendy, and welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you. We're so glad to be here, Nancy. Thank you. And I'm going to start with Elizabeth, if you don't mind, Wendy. Um, but Elizabeth, I know that you founded the company 2 by 2 Health, and it's a private health concierge. Can you tell us why, what prompted you to bring this company to fruition? Sure. So I was a nurse in a large academic medical center for um, almost 20 years. And I, what I was seeing was that there was a, a gap in healthcare. People get diagnosed with a disease and they're not quite sure what to do with the information that the doctor is telling them. Or they come home from the hospital and they're kind of lost um, and, and don't remember what they need to do when they get home. So um, I left my the job at the time and started this, this business uh, almost exactly to the day four years ago. Amazing. And look how far you've come, right? Thank you. Yes, it's been great. Well, we're so happy for you. And Wendy, what gave you and Elizabeth the motivation to write this book, The Confident Patient? By the way, congratulations on that. We're really excited for both of you. Thank you so much, Nancy. You know, this is um, something that, you know, Beth and I have both worked in the healthcare industry for a long time. And, you know, each individual person has their own situation. Um, but we started noticing, since Beth founded the company several years ago, we started noticing some common themes that people struggle with. And we're like, my gosh, we really want to spread the word on how people can help improve their healthcare situation, increase their comfort level, feel like they have more control, be more confident. You know, as, as many of us know, the two things that stress people out the most are finances and healthcare. And to be able to have a tool, a guide for people to reference, we thought would be really, really powerful for people going forward, both for themselves and for their loved ones. So we decided to put down um, some of the common themes that we were seeing. And we were really excited to launch the book today. Today's our first, you know, our first day with a new book, um, The Confident Patient, that's available digitally today. And so we're thrilled to um, help as many people as we can with this information. 
And you are, and you will, and we just appreciate all the work that you and um, Beth have done for this. And Beth, as you and Wendy were thinking about areas to highlight in this book, were there any specific patient situations that encouraged you both to share these priorities? You know, I we just saw so much of um, in, you know patients feel intimidated when they they meet with their doctor. Um, you know, when we go to a restaurant and, and we have a question about the menu, um, we ask the waiter, you know, what, what is that salad dressing or, you know, what, tell me a little bit more about this. I feel like when we go to the doctor, people don't do that. And, and it's really a shame because doctors want to hear patients. They want to know when they don't understand anything. So time and time again, I was just seeing that patients were leaving the doctor and they looked more confused than when they went in. Exactly. And Elizabeth, if you or your family member were facing a health issue right now, what immediate piece of advice would you be able to give them? I always tell people, um, make sure you take someone with you. Um, I am, knock on wood, a healthy 40-year-old woman who um, has, I always take someone with me to the doctor. And I'm not even thinking that I'm going to get bad news, but you know, you just never know. So always take someone with you and then also to write down your questions in advance um, because when you get in there, you're going you're gonna to get scared and, and you're going to forget what you wanted to ask. And, and nowadays, it's hard to get a hold of the doctor after he leaves the, the exam room. So write down your, ans- your questions. Um, have that person who's with you write down the answers because you're, it's hard to focus on what he is saying and write down at the same time. So those are my two um, big things I recommend. Okay. Wendy, would you mind if I asked you the same question? What would your um, information you would give today? You know, I think um, one of the biggest things, in addition to what um, Elizabeth already mentioned, um, the two things that we um, hear a lot, even from the medical community themselves, is how important it is to have someone with you at appointments. And, you know, one thing that I just wanted to um, add on to that is we've had clients who, um, whose family members may not live in the same geographical area, and they've talked to their medical provider about having their family member on speakerphone. So I think that um, is not the same necessarily as having someone right there beside you. You can't hold someone's hand in those situations, but it can be somebody who can be another set of ears and can also help when anyone is digesting the information later to say, oh, yeah, but did you hear the physician say um, this discharge instruction, or do you remember when you asked that question about a medication? So it is helpful to have someone there either in person or on the phone. Um, I would also say one of the things that we've heard over and over is how important it is to have um, somebody who can quarterback your care. Um, You know, it used to be that um, our primary care physicians um, oftentimes knew almost everything that was going on with um, ourselves and our health. And now there's more and more specialization. Um, Many of the medical providers may be um, in different electronic medical records that may or may not um, be compatible with each other. So I think it's really important to have someone who can kind of help you um, be organized and make sure that the communication is going out to the entire team. If a specialist recommends a medication change, it really is important for the whole team to know that um, that change is taking place just to be sure that, you know, there isn't an unintended um, uh, consequence from a change that might impact another area of um, a specialty that you might be dealing with. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Wendy, thank you so much for joining in and answering that also. We appreciate it. And Elizabeth, what is a patient success story that you can share with our listeners of how one can help take control of their health today? Sure. So we have taken care of multiple patients um, with, you know, different diagnoses such as, you know, cancer or uh, breast cancer, you know, breast cancer, they've had mastectomies. So um, one of the stories I can think of is we had a, a patient who had a emergent uh, colostomy placed and ended up with a large wound on his abdomen. Um, after he was in the hospital for eight days with this, you know, emergent situation, it was time for him to go home. And um, the family was not interested in, in taking care of this. And, and it really kind of freaked them out. Um, you know, the wife was not someone that enjoyed doing wound management. Um, so we, um, and home health would only come out a few days a week. So we would um, go to this patient's house every day, sometimes twice a day for a month until he felt comfortable taking care of his own wound and making sure that um, he, he was in a good place and could heal. And the physicians loved it because they, they said they never saw a wound heal so quickly because it was taken care of so aggressively. Um, and the patient, you know, was able to get back to work sooner, um, and he felt better about everything. And, and it was just, it was amazing to see our nurses come together um, and the patient feel good. And, um, you know, in, in the end, it, it was a huge success. Okay. Thank you, Elizabeth. And uh, Wendy, before we go to break, would you be able to give a few examples of questions an individual can be prepared to ask when scheduled for an appointment? Absolutely. Um, Like Beth said, it's really important to be able to ask questions and to not feel intimidated to do that. But there have been times when we've shared with our clients how important it is to ask questions, particularly if we need more clarity around something. And what we often hear is people sometimes don't even know where to start. And I think we can all sometimes know what that feels like. So in, within um, our book, The Confident Patient, all throughout the chapter, there are examples of questions that can be asked in an appendix in the back with many. But like some examples that, that I'd love to share with you today, Nancy, are, you know, even just saying something like, I'm unfamiliar with some of the terms that are being used and I really want to understand this. Can you please, please explain it to me in a way that my family will understand? Um, I think... Sometimes, you know, we're explaining our situation to people um, in our lives of all ages, of all backgrounds, and I think it's really important that people know that we're invested in our health and we want to know more. Um, You know, asking, you know, what results are we hoping for? Sometimes um, a test is being ordered and, and we may not even know what results we're hoping for. You know, what does it mean if it's within normal limits? Uh, when the results come back, who will be communicating them with me? Who's the best person, person for me to connect with if I have questions? Um, if we're being discharged from the hospital, it's really important to know that if I get home and I have questions like, who's my go-to person? If it's at night or during the weekends, like, how do you best recommend? Who do I reach out to for those questions and concerns? So I think that by asking these questions early, and a lot of times we encourage people to write these questions down in advance, it can really help because we're not concerned about trying to remember the questions while information is being shared with us. Exactly. And thank you so much, Wendy, for sharing that. Right now, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing The Confident Patient with Elizabeth Myers and Wendy 
Benson and ask you to stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank everyone listening in today. We would like to reintroduce our guests, Elizabeth A. Myers and Wendy K. Benson. They're here to discuss their brand new book, The Confident Patient, which is being released on Kindle today. And it would be an honor to reintroduce, uh, have Elizabeth and Wendy join us back on the program. Welcome back, ladies. Thank you. So excited to be here. Well, we're really happy that you're here with us today, too. And Beth, um, Elizabeth, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you to let's talk a little bit about someone who is dealing with a significant health concern. What should they be thinking of and planning for? Also, how do you start the conversation with them? Thank you, Nancy. So this is where it kind of gets, it's, um, it's easy for me. It's difficult for family members and patients. So, you know, so much has happened typically by the time they give us a call. And so what I like to typically do is just say, you know, let's stop. Let, and I just say, so what's going on? Like, I, I don't want to hear, you know, the 20 minutes of what led up to where we're at. I need to really do um, project management and really get down to what do we, what's going on right now? What do we need to solve in, in the present moment? And then we can go back and take a look at everything before that. But really just kind of, 
figuring out where the patient is at that moment and, you know, what are people stressed with. Okay. And Elizabeth, what are some strategies that you and your team have used for people when they are feeling overwhelmed, which is a lot of the time, uh, by their healthcare situations? So one of the first things I like to do is ask the, the healthcare team to have a care plan meeting. Uh, it's great to have all the disciplines around the table um, or on the phone if we can't get them around the table and, you know, talk to the nursing staff, the physical therapy staff, the, the different subspecialties of physicians that might be involved in the case and just kind of um, prioritize where we're at um, and what needs to be done. Um, what has worked in the past and, you know, what, what should we try to get them out of that crisis at that minute. So um, I always tell people the first thing we should do is ask for a care plan meeting if the patient is in the hospital. Um, if the patient is out of the hospital, then, really, you know, what the patient, te- you know, if the pa- I ask the patient what's going on, it's typically different when I talk to the physician. So I listen to the patient first, but then I say, all right, you know, we need to call the doctor together and sit down and, and talk um, and, and see what what he says needs to be done, just because sometimes what you hear and what you remember are two different things. Okay. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And Wendy, I know that you and Elizabeth collaborate with uh, the surgeons, and you spoke with them about this book, The Confident Patient. If someone mm-hmm. is at the point of considering surgery, what should they be thinking about and planning for? Thank you so much, Nancy. So I think first and foremost, um, it's really important to identify the primary goal for surgery. Um, And I think it's really important to say it out loud with the medical and surgical team. There have been times where um, the goal of the surgery is to decrease pain. There are times when the expectation of surgery is to increase mobility or range of motion, you know, function perhaps with walking or, um, you know, the use of a joint or our arms or legs, um, or is the uh, goal of surgery um, to get rid of something, you know, a spreading disease like cancer. I think it's really important to highlight this because there have been some times where I think that either um, the person heading into the surgery or the family members have different expectations. Um, there are times when someone thinks, oh, when this is done, I will be absolutely pain-free and have full range of motion. And I think that by talking openly and candidly with your support system, as well as your medical team, making sure everyone is on the same page. Because if the surgery um, expectation from the surgical team is perhaps on to lessening pain, but the person will not have full mobility, I think that's important to know ahead of time. So I think first and foremost, the most important thing is to first identify your goal of the surgery and make sure that everyone is in alignment on that. Okay. The second step and I would say is when you're, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. Go. Sorry, Wendy. Well, I was going to say, and then when you choose your surgeon, I think it's really important to make sure that, um, that the surgeon that you select, that he or she is someone who has um, done a number of these kind of cases over and over when we spoke with surgeons, um, to your question about when we spoke with surgeons in writing um, 
chapter five about how, how to plan for a successful surgery over and over. The pediatric surgeons, the lung surgeons, the heart surgeons, everyone that we talked about talked about how important it is um, to choose someone who is very well versed in this type of surgery because number one, um, vo- you know, these volumes do matter. Um, they're met, not only will the surgeon um, have experience doing this, but their medical team surrounding them um, is very experienced and will, you know, know what to do if something unanticipated happens. Okay, very good advice, and thank you so much for sharing that. And Wendy, you're talking about surgery right now. What, can mm-hmm. you give some examples uh, of the questions that the families and the patient should be thinking about to ask their surgeon? Well, I think it's really important. Um, I did mention, you know, kind of determining the goal of the surgery, um, asking the surgeon about, you know, what type of surgery, if it's, you know, an open surgery, if it's a um, laparoscopic surgery, asking about um, the type of anesthesia that they're considering using. Um, and then even, you know, what the recovery period looks like. It's never too early to think about what to anticipate um, during the recovery phase. Uh, it's very important for people to know what the average length of stay is. That means how long will um, you or your loved one um, be at the facility after the surgery. And then it's really important to know what to plan for in terms of support afterwards. There are times when um, people may think that they need help for a day or two when, in fact, um, typically for a certain kind of surgery, they need support for a week or two. So I think it's really important to talk through those um, elements early. There's um, one of the um, pediatric surgeons that we highlighted in Chapter 5 of The Confident Patient, uh, Dr. Shri Palai. He said for him and his young patients, it's really important to talk about what the restrictions will be after the surgery because it's a lot easier to prepare, frankly, any of us to know what to expect afterwards. So if he's um, dealing with a five-year-old and that five-year-old won't be able to take gym class for a few weeks, it's better to talk about it before the surgery than after the surgery when um, you might not be feeling your best. Exactly. You know, Wendy and Elizabeth, you both know families and patients, they, there's no such thing as appreciating surprises. Um, after you've had a surgery, no matter what uh, was operated on, it's you're right. It's always best to know up front and prior to the surgery so everyone can be prepared. And we appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Wendy, what, what common themes have you noticed when interviewing surgeons for your book, The Confident Patient? And what would they like everyone to know? Thank you so much for asking that, Nancy. You know, I think one of the um, really fascinating things about pulling together many people in the medical community to write the confident patient that Elizabeth and I noticed is how much the um, individuals that we connected with encouraged um, patients and their family members to learn more. Um, There's someone that we quote in our um, book, The Confident Patient, Dr. Nancy Tynas, who said, my healthiest patients are my most curious patients. And she really encouraged people to ask questions. And that's true for surgeons. And it's also true for um, any other, um, you know, any other specialty or primary area of medicine and surgery. I think that, you know, um, one of the nurses that we spoke with said, you know, if someone's worried, if, we, if we're prescribing a medication and someone's worried about um, whether or not they're going to become addicted to it and then they decide not to take it, 
the medical community would much rather know that up front so that they can talk about that concern because the worst case scenario is if they don't take it, if they come back in for their next visit, they do lab testing and think, oh, this medication isn't working if, if simply someone's not taking it because they have a concern that hasn't been discussed yet. Um, you know, something else that came up when we were talking with the medical community about what they wished their patients knew um, was that someone had been prescribed a medication that was extraordinarily expensive. And this physician was so um, pleased that the patient reached out and said, listen, this medication is really expensive. I will do everything I can to um, make that work if this is the only medication that will work for my condition. And she said, oh, my gosh, Wendy, please write in your book that that physicians don't know how much medications are. There were a number of other options that were possible and that would do just as great of a job that were covered by the insurance plan. So I think that over and over, one of the common themes that we've heard from the medical community is as much as possible, communicate candidly and genuinely um, with the team so that the very best outcomes can be um, achieved. Okay, and great information, Wendy. Thanks so much for sharing that with our global listeners. And um, before we go to break, Elizabeth, um, we understand that you were married to a surgeon. Uh, and a personal and professional note, what advice do you have for those considering surgery? Sure. So um, one of the things that I like to do is to really um, – make sure you understand what the surgeon is going to do and ask him to draw pictures or diagrams so you can understand the anatomy um, and how it all kind of fits together. Um, and then also postoperatively, I think it's really important uh, to know that um, connecting with your surgeon, if, if something is not feeling right or if you have questions, is very important. Um, at that time, too much information um, is okay. Not enough is not okay. So a lot of times, you know, a patient will go to an outside hospital because they're having a fever or um, pain. Maybe maybe they had laparoscopic surgery in their belly, but they're you know they're, there's pain in the shoulder, and so they go to the outside hospital, and everybody's looking at the shoulder. Where in actuality, that that pain in the shoulders most likely due to the abdominal surgery. So really contacting your doctor um, later on or if you're if you do have to go to another hospital outside of the one that you were originally operated on, make sure somebody, you or somebody at the hospital contacts the surgeon so they know um, what is going on and, and he may want you transferred back to their their um, their hospital. So it's it's just really important to keep the surgeon up to date on on how you are progressing. Exactly. And thank you so much, Elizabeth. Right now, we are going to pause for a commercial break. And when we return, we will continue discussing The Confident Patient with Elizabeth Myers and Wendy Benson. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4 CDF. That's 1 844 367 2343. 
Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guests, Elizabeth Myers and Wendy Benson, and we'll be discussing The Confident Patient, their brand new book that was released today on Kindle and available for your enjoyment. And right now, um, Aunt Wendy, I'm going to start with you. And maybe you can share with us a few of the loved ones that are in the hospital. Um, how can how we can do a better job of keeping ourselves as healthy as possible? Thank you so much, Nancy. Um, you know, we highlight a lot of these things in our new book, The Confident Patient. And oftentimes we think, oh, you know, our family member, our loved one is in the hospital and, um, and they'll be safe there. And that's certainly the goal and the intent. We, um, that's what we want. I do think, though, it is important to think about safety precautions um, no matter where we are. Um, but in the hospital, um, it's really important for everyone to wash their hands. Um, the medical team, the family members that are coming to visit, and even the patient. Like, I think sometimes people forget, you know, in our... Um, if we ourselves are in the hospital, if our loved ones are in the hospital, it's really important for people to wash their hands before they eat, um, use the, um, you know, the rails, um, on the, the bedside rails. And sometimes when people are recovering um, from an illness or anesthesia, their balance isn't as steady as it once was. So it's really important to um, request help if you need to. Um, we talked a lot in, um, in the confident patient with Karen Curtis, who's the founder of Campaign Zero, and she and her team together have put together some free checklists that have been really, really helpful that people can use because oftentimes when we have a family member in the hospital, we're like, well, I'll go visit them, but I don't know how to help. And this can be something um, where you can offer help immediately. Even just bringing um, hand sanitizer into the hospital room as, um, as a reminder for people to use that on their hands and the bedside tables and the TV remotes and that kind of thing can make a big difference. Exactly, Wendy. And, you know, we're on C. diff spores and more, and we discuss a lot of the 
right, right. Clostridium difficile. And, you know, spores like to hang out in patients' rooms, of course, uh, isolation rooms. So even there, we um, definitely, uh, like you, stress hand washing and and making sure that their their room is being cleaned thoroughly every day. So it's Mm -hmm. a great advice. Thank you for that. And Wendy, um, when an individual or a family member, when they're in the hospital, um, what are some other things that you can consider even prior to being discharged and letting them know? So I think that it's really important to know the plan of the day. Um, so I think that, you know, kind of knowing who's in charge of your care. And if you don't know, it's okay to ask. Um, and I think that, you know, kind of knowing, you know, what tests are being ordered, um, the areas that they're monitoring, the medication schedule, all of that's for everyday safety. And then when we talk about preparing for discharge, I think it's really important that there's open communication across the entire team, right? And to make sure that that's also communicated with our family members and those that are going to be helping um, each of us when we are in the next phase of our recovery. So I think that it's really important to make sure that um, you know what the discharge instructions are before you leave. You know, one of our um, nurses, Alexandra, um, always asks well in advance of the discharge hours before someone's physically ready to leave the hospital to see the discharge instructions because it's far easier to look at those instructions and ask questions in advance because it's really, really important. It might be a a less stressful time than after you get home. And then knowing that once you get home or to the next level of care, wherever you're being discharged, to know who you can contact if you have questions after you leave the hospital, that's critically important too. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Wendy, for sharing that information. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth, can you tell us a little bit about when you've experienced some aha moments with your patients? Sure. A little while ago, I mentioned um, about the colostomy patient. And, and um, you know, that was an aha moment for me that this patient um, was told he needed to go home. Um, it was time and, you know, nobody was able to take care of him the way that it needed to be taken care of. So once it was an aha moment that we realized that he needed extra help, but it also was an aha moment to watch him grow and feel comfortable um, that he knew exactly um, how to take care of himself. So that, that was a great uh, moment for us. Okay, and I can understand why. And Elizabeth, when do you know that the patient's gaining a better understanding of their health and well-being? Yeah, nowadays, you know, the hospital length of stays are decreasing, and the medical team is really relying more and more on the family. Um, so just taking, you know, making sure that the patients are asking the right questions and when we get home, um, following through and making sure that they have everything that, you know, that the team discussed in the hospital. And if not, making sure that they um, go back and, and talk to the physicians on what's working and what's not. So watching them kind of think through it all um, is really, um, it's really great to watch them grow. Exactly. And Elizabeth, when we have patients uh, and they're shy or they're feeling intimidated to ask questions to healthcare professionals, what are some strategies that you can suggest that would help them get through this? Right. You know, I would, I would go back to what I was talking about earlier about going to the restaurant and asking the waiter, you know, what, what is the special of the day and can you explain a little bit more? Um, I feel that everyone feels comfortable doing that, but, you know, when we go to the doctor, everyone is, is afraid to ask that same type of question. So realize that the doctor, you know, is, is a person and, you know, started in the same place that we did. He had to go to, they went to medical school, 
Um, they needed to learn all about it. They Nobody just knows this information when they're born. And if, if this was not an area um, that you were schooled in, then, you know, you need to take every opportunity to learn it yourself. And nowadays, even medicine is so specialized, you know, just because you're a physician in one area does not mean that you understand other areas of medicine, too. So know that physicians, just as well as you, you know, they don't know everything. And so they would be asking the same questions if they were in your position. Exactly. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Wendy, would you share um, the part that was your favorite part of writing the book, The Confident Patient? Absolutely. I'd be happy to, Nancy. Thank you. Um, I think that one of the areas that surprised me a bit is that um, every time Elizabeth or I mentioned to anyone in the medical field that um, we had noticed these common themes and that we were writing a helpful resource guide, the confident patient, um, for those who didn't go to medical school, every single time we brought this up to a medical professional, their eyes would light up and they would perk up and they would sit straight up and they would say, oh my gosh, make sure you include X or make sure you include why. And I think that what was my favorite part of this was realizing that every medical professional that we spoke to truly wants their patients and family members to know more. I mean, that was very, very, um, it was just very enlightening. I mean, I knew that people wanted to do well. I knew that they wanted their patients to get healthy, but they really, really want them to have in more and more information so that they can make informed decisions. Okay. Thank you, Wendy, for sharing that. And Elizabeth, what do you think will be the most beneficial from reading the book, The Confident Patient? I think that um, what will be beneficial is just that people know that they're not alone. Um, and it is, a, it is a scary time, and, and unfortunately, we all will be there at one point of our life or another with ourselves or with family members. Who could benefit from this book? I think is everyone. Um, I'm a nurse. Wendy is an occupational therapist, um, and we think very highly of the medical community, and this was written for people um, with, without the background that we have. And even, even though, you know, the medical field... Um, it's very hard to navigate these days. I'm always interested to find that one of our um, majority of our clients are coming from family members of clinicians. They too know that it's very, you know, complicated and time consuming to deal with. So I really think anybody with, with background in healthcare or not um, will be, um, this book will really help them educate them a little more. Wonderful. And it's so true, Elizabeth. And again, we applaud you and Wendy for writing this book, The Confident Patient, to help individuals and their families maneuver and um, get through the difficult times in our healthcare system today. And at this time, we're going to take a small break, a short break. And when we return, we will continue discussing The Confident Patient with Elizabeth Myers and Wendy Benson. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. The C. diff Foundation offers global community support sessions. C. diff can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guests, Elizabeth Myers and Wendy Benson, here to discuss the confident patient. We welcome you both back to the program, Elizabeth and Wendy. All right. Well, Elizabeth, uh, would you happen to have any closing thoughts or closing comments before we end the program today? Sure. So um, in our book, we have quotes before every chapter. And Babe Ruth has a great great quote. um, And it says, the way a team plays as a whole determines its success. You may have the greatest bunch of individual stars in the world, but if they don't play together, the club won't be worth a dime. I feel that's kind of where we are in healthcare today. Um, We have a lot of people doing great things, but there's not one person really coordinating the care of patients. Um, And so if nobody is going to communicate with each other, then everything kind of gets lost in the shuffle. So I think one of the the biggest things that anybody can do for themselves is make sure they have one person coordinating their care. Um, If it can't be someone from 2 by 2 Health or in their family members, you know, um, ask a friend to go with you. Um, And I think that really will make all the difference. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And Wendy, what are some key points that you would like our listeners to take with them today and any closing thoughts that you have? Thank you so much. Um, You know, when we um, were talking with Dr. Kathy Tynas, she, um, I, I loved what she said. She said, we can't choose our health condition, but we can choose who we're on the journey with. 
And I think that that's so meaningful because I think that we do have um, a lot of choices when it comes to our medical team, when it comes to um, the people that we surround ourselves with. And I think that even if um, there's not family that lives close by, there's a number, there are just thousands of organizations that are available um, for disease-specific focus areas. So I think that knowing who your connections are and if there are areas where gaps need to be filled, to really focus on that. We have an entire appendix in the Confident Patient that um, points out um, many, many reputable organizations that can help with various specific things. I also um, really like the quote from Christopher Robin, always remember you are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. And I think that, you know, the more we um, ask questions, the more we are um, taking control of the information that we're hearing, the more that um, we collaborate with others, the more confident that we'll be going forward. Absolutely. The confident patient. And that's what you and Elizabeth have created. And we are so grateful for that. And Wendy, before we close the program, can you share with our global listeners uh, your contact information? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Thank you. So, um, as you mentioned, the confident patient is being launched today um, in the in the digital version. So, even if someone doesn't have a Kindle, if they... Um, would like to have access to it on their phone or their iPad or their laptop. Um, It is available today through Amazon. And because we launched it today and we want it to be as accessible as possible for people, um, for the next 24 to 48 hours, it will, um, the cost will be one U.S. dollar. Um, So we're hopeful to spread that word as much as possible. We want as many people um, to have this helpful information. And um, that's um, at Amazon. And our company website is www.the2x2health.com. And my email address is wbenson, B-E-N-S-O-N, at 2x2health.com. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. Well, it's been a pleasure having you and Elizabeth both on the show today to share your wonderful journey and to share the information on not only from the the confident patient and your book, but also in healthcare and how you've helped so many individuals and their families. And we appreciate that. Yes. Thank you for having us. Um, You're so welcome, ladies, and we thank you for your dedication uh, in patient and family education and advocacy. And at this time, the members of the C. diff Foundation wish to acknowledge all of the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health. The organizations and professionals researching and developing new products, addressing C. difficile infection, prevention and treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, and addressing environmental safety worldwide are appreciated. To learn more about clinical trials in progress, addressing the prevention and treatments of a C. difficile infection and recurrent C. difficile infections, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org, and click on the tab, Clinical Trials in Progress. Please help them to help you to help others. We would like to thank Pfizer Pharmaceutical for being the diamond sponsor of the 7th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo, that is taking place on November 6th and 7th in St. Louis, Missouri at the Doubletree St. Louis Westport uh, Hotel in St. Louis. 
We are grateful for the international keynote speakers joining us for the two-day conference and for a number of CDF community industry leaders who are, will be sponsors, our sponsors of this amazing educational event. We thank you and we thank our patients uh, who also share their stories with us and we send out our get well wishes to the patients and their families who are experiencing not only a C. difficile infection, but a lot of the well wellness draining um, infections and diagnosis that are being fought today around the globe. We always end our program with our um our motto, uh, none, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to sharing our time with you next Tuesday. Until then, we wish you good health and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.